welcome to the Great British Motocross Show, brought to you by MX Vice, for myself Ben Rumbold and my colleague Brad Wheeler. How's it going, Brad? Yeah, all good. Much uh, much better time this one, eight o'clock, rather than the uh, the midnight we did with Joe. But um, to get guests like that, you got to uh, got to put the hours in. But it was worth it. So uh, yeah, much prefer yeah. this time. <laughs> That's it. The SMX review show would be posted just before this one, and that's uh, where we talk things uh, about America. And uh, yeah, myself and Brad had the joy of waking up at uh, midnight and interviewing young Joe Shimoda there. So yeah, well worth catching that one. You can find it on the same channel uh, as this podcast. So uh, yeah, just give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Uh, this broadcast is brought to you by AS3 Performance, the home of aftermarket motocross and enduro parts, from hardware protection parts, including skid plates and radiator braces, to performance cooling parts, including silicon radiator hoses and oversized impedicates. AS3 also have a huge range of brake, clutch and gear levers, all with different features and adjustability. Check them out online at www.as3performance.co.uk. Also helped out we are by Kawasaki Motors UK, who are pleased to announce the arrival of the new KLX 140R range. The easy-to-ride KLX 140R lineup offers a 144cc engine, plush suspension and push-button electric start, making for great trailblazers. The KLX 140R machines come in three different sizes, ranging from Junior's first tentative steps to pushing the door wide open on adult riding. Their highly regarded KLX 140R range is ready and willing to add fun and enjoyment in 2023. Contact your local off-road dealership for more information. We're also fueled by Golf Race Fuels across sports cars, single-seaters, motorcycle racing and further afield. The Golf brand is associated with winning whatever the discipline. And of course, helped out by Even Stroke uh, to get all your motocross needs, all your bits and pieces that you might need, you could also get some help from this man. Yeah, sure to uh, evenstrokes.com. They've got everything you need there to get into motocross or get stopped out. We've got parts, kit, everything you need. I'm I'm fueled by Arma. <laughs> and uh, if you use the code BRADWHEELER10, when you're checking out, that'll knock 10% off your uh, overall price. So uh, every little helps, as they say in uh, Tesco. <laughs> other supermarkets are available and yes you yeah. can get some special help there bad reader 10 from your Laura 92 British Cup champion as he is <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so then from one uh, British champion uh, through to a yeah. chap that's chasing a British championship yeah not quite managed it. it yet but he'll get there <laughs> we're bringing in our special guest then Mr. 517 himself Stebbings car superstore powered by bike shore 426 motorsports gas gas rider Isaac Gifting. Hi, Isaac. All good? Hello, boys. Yeah, very good. Thanks. Thanks for bringing <laughs> well, so Great show. to have you on board, uh, especially with uh, the lead up to Fox Hill. And your man there, Anthony Scary, is very keen on me getting that um, team name right as uh, he came into the uh, commentary booth at Ling and made sure that I was reading out properly with a nice big uh, written Hamlet uh, sign for me to get right. So, uh, how's it all looking? Yeah, it's a long name. It's, it's a good name. It is a long name. <laughs> how's it looking for Fox Hill? Uh, good. It's looking good. Just uh, had a couple of days off here, or not days off, but not not been riding since uh, Madrid now. Uh, just came home Sunday, Sunday late night there, and uh, yeah, been doing some some work in the gym, some cycling and stuff, and just getting prepared for Fox Hill. Uh, we'll do some riding tomorrow, I reckon, and then probably go to the UK on Friday, and uh, probably do some riding there with uh, with Steven Sword and uh, yeah, probably uh, Muse. And uh, and those guys. Nice one, good stuff. So, is, are we talking Marshfield area then? Are we? If we're going to uh, Stephen Sorts well, Marshfield? Uh, no, I don't think so. But that, that's what we've done the first time uh, before the first British. Where was that? Uh, where was the first British? Uh, okay. 
Okay, yeah, then we went to Marshfield on the Saturday there. Same, same, it's basically the same though. track it, conditions. Cool. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, not really, but it's really cool. It's just a bit small. <laughs> great track, great track. I'll just show you a few things around there. <laughs> I can imagine. What's, um, oh, yeah, obviously, the uh, you kind of were a, a last minute surprise to. Well, from the people looking in from the outside to the, the British Championship, obviously the team you were meant to be doing it with, the, the Hitachi KTM team sort of folded just before the start of the year. And, um, yeah, no one knew what not what you were doing. Then all of a sudden it was like Friday before you were um, you were on the, on the Stebbins gas gas. Was it as last minute as it was made out to be or was it, was it a bit more in the pipeline leading up to it? It was quite last minute, to be honest. Like, sure, we, we spoke about it maybe a little bit earlier, but I think we took the decision to do it maybe on that Monday or something. Then we decided, like, all right, we're going to do the British Championship, so we need to be there for the first round. We need to get a bike. What bike am I going to ride? What do we need on the bike? And how can we just get through this first weekend? And I think they got the bike maybe on, on Thursday or something. Uh, they they got the bike ready. Uh, I came over to the UK on Friday evening. Uh, met all the guys, set the bike up a little bit. Then we rode at Marshfield there on Saturday, like half an hour, just tried out some things, and and we went racing in Oakanger. Uh, and also, yeah. like my preparation coming into that was close to zero. Like, sure, I've been I've been riding a little bit, but on a different bike, different chassis. Uh, testing a little bit here and there at the same time i've been coming back from my knee injury from 2022 so it's a little bit of a of a risk for me to just go there and go yeah. there and race but since i really wanted to do the british championship like i had to be there for the first round and now mm. looking back at it i'm really happy that that we've done it and that that we can yeah. make it happen so it was. Were you actually sort of seeking out a ride at the British Championship then to get to try and do the British Championship, or was was the GPs the main goal and the British was a, a side benefit, or who who kind of initiated the, the chat between you and the like the Stebbins team? Yeah, well, so it's more that they contacted me and wanted to help me, wanted to help me out, and sure, I had some thoughts about doing the British Championship again because last year I thought it was really good and. I was leading the championship as well when I got injured, so I really wanted to, yeah, give it a shot mm. and, and win it. Because also with Hitachi before they folded, the plan was to do the British Championship. Yeah, uh, I just didn't see a solution to do it until they contacted me and said, like, "All right, we we want to help you out, and this is this is what we could do." And then. At that time, I was still for sure. I was focusing on trying to get a ride for the GP, so it wasn't it wasn't an easy decision because yeah, I was looking around where where I could where I could find a ride uh, that I wanted to go with for the GP. So I didn't want to close any doors, basically, and I had some options there like going going MX GP like MX one four fifty and stuff. But in the end, I decided I wanted to do MX two and. Before I even had like a contract that for the GPs doing the GPs and MX2, I took the decision that we're going to do the British uh, on a 250, and then yeah. hopefully that goes well, and then I'll sign another contract for the GPs and stuff after that. Nice, amazing setup. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, um, it, it raised a few eyebrows, and I'm sure you've had this question as well. But um, I mean, you, yourself and Conrad battled for uh, the the British Championship last year quite quite bitterly. It's got to be said, it was it was quite a strong competition, and obviously we're going back to the track where the big move was made that Conrad put on you there. I mean, and then. I look around at Oak Hanger and you're walking into the uh, awning together like as team rider and team boss kind of thing. It was a very strange sort of scenario. I mean, has your relationship with Comrade all been okay since Fox Hill? You know, how's that relationship um, become part of this? Yeah, you know, like me and Conrad, we never had, we never had any arguments or any kind of dispute at all. Like not even off the Fox Hill. Really, like I, I never said anything about that or, or done anything. It was, it was the ACU who took the decision about yeah moving him down a couple of positions or whatever they did. I feel like the dispute was more between Muse and and the team and the, the, the team I was riding for. So I got a little bit in between there. Like I never, I never had anything against anyone really. And me and Conrad, we still we still talked like a black soul and stuff last year when I got injured that race. Um, there was never any stress there. Uh, so for me, it's, it's quite natural, but I know how it looks from the outside. It looks really strange. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, they've been they've been really good to me and they they wanted to help me out. And it, it's turned out really good so far. So. I'm I'm just happy for it. Nice one. I know know you didn't get to Argentina, but you've managed to sort out a deal for Grand Prix as well moving forward now. Yeah, so I signed for VHR, a French team, who is also riding gas gas. That's why why I'm riding gas gas in the UK as well. Uh, Helpful. uh, yeah, and uh, which is pretty good for me because the gas gas is still the old chassis, uh, like the same chassis as KDM was last year. So it's easier for me to find a good bike setup than going on the new chassis because that would take a lot of testing and stuff. So yeah, I I was based in Lomo when the team folded, and then uh, since I signed the contract for VHR, I just took a couple of days where I just packed the like everything I owned in my car, thrown down to Paris, because they're based in Paris, and just moved in there. And now I live here. In Paris? <laughs> yeah, in Paris. Like, at Disney World, like. <laughs> many, tra- many tracks at Disney World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of other things. Yeah. <laughs> What's well, um? How how is practicing going for you? Like obviously, like you said, you're doing the British Championship. Like obviously, they're not every they're in pretty space out throughout the year. How are you just sort of coming to the UK a couple of days before each round, or do you do you stay over here after and do some training, like you said with Stephen Sword and Conrad, or is it just sort of in and out for the races? Uh, it's been a bit different. Uh, what have we done now? We only done two rounds, I think. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, the first round was definitely a bit special. I mean, I still just came on Friday though, and just mm. tried the bike, raced, but then I stayed a couple of days at Thoris place, and we went riding a little bit the week after. Like we we done one day, because at that time I didn't have any bike or anything in Lomo. So when I was in Lomo, I was just in the gym cycling or sat on the couch making phone calls. Like I wasn't riding anything, <laughs> uh, basically. Like a little bit, but not much, not much. And, and that's what I feel like I'm I'm lacking a lot of bike time this year. Like, yeah, yeah. I never had so little bike time during a winter. Like 
like like I had now. I mean, came from first like a long knee injury, like a couple of months, and then when you start to get ready and you want to start riding again, yeah, then the team folded. So I never got the chance to come back from the injury, really. So that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, but yeah, back to the question. Uh, I'm still just kind of showing up like Friday, Saturday. Uh, I ride like normally I ride a Saturday uh, with the team and then we race the Sunday and I might stay sometimes and, and ride a little bit with them. But it's more of a thing where I just show up, uh, I race with them on a bike that I pretty much know and then come back here to front and train again and then it's a GP because at the moment I have a race every weekend uh, if it's not a GP it's the British so it's a lot going on and uh, I need I need all the bike time I need all the racing the training uh, to come to come back to the level where I want to be because yeah at the moment the British is going well but at, at the GPs I'm, I'm struggling for sure yeah I see. do you think you're struggling at the GPs just because like the, the there's more depth like the guy who can like yourself you're capable of like getting up in that top five but you get a not so good start it's also hard to come from 15th to 12th is it just the just the depth is making it difficult or is it a mixture of things yeah it's definitely a mixture but i do believe as well that the depth is like the class is harder this year a little bit because there's so many factory bikes like just the austrian bikes are like seven seven Austrian factory bikes and then you have three yams which is 11 factory bikes and then if you count now that's 10 and then if you count like the FNH team as mm. a factory yeah. Kawasaki team I don't know if you count that or not but then it's like 12 factory bikes so to even get into top 10 you need to beat factory bike which is not it's not easy especially not like on a 250 where you want all the power you can get in a bike and yeah you're not going to get more power than a factory bike and there's a, a lot of good riders obviously so just for me this year like it's been it's been even hard to get into top 10 uh where i was riding quite easily last year and then if i had a good day i could be like top five or something but yeah it's also a lot that i'm lacking the bike time like I'm not where I want to be. Like I feel stiff on the track, and when I do feel alright, I get the rhythm and ride like quite fast. I'll I'll do it for like ten minutes, and then I'm tired. <laughs> and I know that uh, feeling. And, and that's like the bike fitness. Like it's different. Like I, I'm fit and I I feel good in my body and stuff. But just the lack of doing motors and all that, it's just <clears throat> yeah, you can feel it. And when you get back to that intensity at the GPs, it's it's really tough. And you don't realize that when you're in it, like when you're in it every year and you're you're racing the GPs every year, you don't feel it that way. But coming back from a long injury and yeah, yeah, with everything that happened, which which meant I didn't get time on the bike, you can really feel it. Like I mean, it's going, going from... very fast, it's going very yeah. fast, and the motors are long. And the tracks are rough. Like you can feel yeah. good. Like you feel good, and like, all right, that that was quite a good lap or something. And the pit board shows like twenty or something. Like, really? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, going from ten minute races at Ling to um, twenty five <laughs> plus two it in Aguada is obviously must feel like an eternity when you're four and twelve laps in. I know it's twelve minutes. Oh, I was going. I was going ten plus two. Twelve and a half minutes. 
well, well, I'm looking at it now. 11.39. 11.39, Jack Chambers, total time. Yeah. Trouble, trouble, Mr. Wheeler, trouble. That's what you're going to let me yeah. into. <laughs> I mean, it's got to, yeah, I mean, I can see from your GP results there, yeah, you're not quite got to, to where you were. I mean, how bad was the injury? Because, I mean, your fitness at Oakhanger was amazing and it really showed through uh definitely got you that second race win for sure at Oakhanger when the track got really heavy and you were the only one that didn't slow down you know checking the lap times out everybody else the lap times went up by about three four seconds I mean either just hitting a physical hole or just, just the track getting worse um so you've obviously managed to keep a, a decent level of fitness there but how bad was the injury actually yeah what can I say I mean there was a lot of things that was broken I mean the ACL mainly and then the meniscus and then there was also some something else that was like a, a couple of small things and a small fracture also in the bone, like under the meniscus and stuff. So I guess it's quite a normal like knee injury, but to a high degree, like it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't good. It's not like I was going to ride with it for sure not. Because then I would, like last year, I was riding with the broken collarbone like one and a half week after and stuff. So if I could, I would have continued, but yeah, I couldn't. At, at, at the time so and also at the time I had a two year contract so we said yeah we might as well fix the knee and get ready for the next year it was it, it took a long time like I got back to training early like cycling and stuff and that that's why I feel like my fitness is still really good like I kept the fitness really good uh, so was that, you say early was that October November I think so I think so yeah October November something there like November I went to Gran Canaria already for two weeks uh, cycling like a cycling camp just because it's so good um, to cycle yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but honestly I love to go there for cycling like I, I try to do it every year if I can i only been there twice now but I go to the first proper cycling camp because I, I really love cycling what part of Gran Canaria to go to I'm looking at going on a cycling holiday <laughs> cycling holiday yeah, or sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I go normally. I go to Mas Palomas, so oh, yeah. at the south south part of the island, yeah. which is normally a bit more sunny than the north part. So I would go there, and also, yeah, in Mas Palomas, there's also other things to do. <laughs> you can yeah. you can enjoy yourself in other ways than cycling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously, they um, we should be three rounds in now to the, the British Championship obviously they cancelled Canada Heights was that a bit of a gutter for you obviously you had a you had a good ride there last year had a good battle with Dylan but um, I think you went 1-1 at the end of the day didn't you um, yeah. yeah is that was that a, were you looking forward to that round I did I really did like because Canada Heights last year was just my favourite track of the British Championship also because of course I had a good day but I like the layout of the track. It's pretty cool. And there was a lot of people there watching. But at the time, like Canada Heights was just like two or three weeks after Okahanger, maybe. Yeah. And at that time, I still, I still hadn't signed a contract, I think, for VHR or something. So I was still not riding. And so it would be the same kind of thing like Okahanger, just go there and race again and like mm. not been riding so for me it was a relief when they said they're gonna cancel it because that that gave me a lot more time i could i could start training and riding again sort everything out move the move to france and then then go do a link so 
yeah, for me it was a pretty good thing. But I'd really like to do Canada Heights. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if they're putting it back later date or if they've just knocked that one on the head entirely. <laughs> no, I don't think they're gonna put it. It is. It is a shame because they do. Um, they do draw in a good crowd at Canada Heights. Yeah, definitely one of the highlights of last year, wasn't it? I mean, uh, it was. It was super hot as well, which was handy. I mean, me and Brad were up in the commentary tower next to Roger Warren, just roasting, uh, <laughs> roasting <laughs> our socks off, looking out over the track there. A pretty, uh, pretty nice event. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a bit of a strange with Canada Heights they um they have said they're not going to run it but um the first people seemed to know about it was on Tommy Sewell's blog uh, so that was a bit strange that uh, it was being discussed there so yeah it's been sort of softly okay. announced really not really announced too too loudly but yeah Canada Heights as far as we know is not going to be run uh, and it's going to be a seven round series so uh, yeah we'll, we'll see how that works out but um yeah so I mean Fox are coming up how, how do you feel about the, the actual circuit there with uh, uh with Fox you had to say it wasn't there it was a particularly tricky weekend for you last year. I mean, how do you actually get on with the track? No, I think the track's all right. It's fine. It's, just, it's quite narrow, though. Like, uh, I like the layout and, and, like, just the fact that it's a classic track, like a, an old GP track and everything. It feels feels pretty cool. But racing it, it, it's quite narrow. And, like, trying to pass and stuff, it's not so easy. So you, you want a good start, which... Yeah, you always say you want a good start, though. But yeah, I think it's pretty cool. And th- yeah, this weekend also Jeffrey's coming. That's pretty sick. I like that. Yeah, it should be pretty cool. And uh, yeah, obviously, um, with Jack Chambers coming in and, and ending up eventually with the uh, uh, with the Ling uh, results. Although, is that the Ling trophy behind you? So you haven't lost it yet? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's the the Ling, or maybe the Okang one, though. <laughs> so, but yeah, shit. That was a mess. Are you, are you taking the trophy to Fox Hill so you can give it to Jack if he shows up? <laughs> I might. I'll ask him. No, I won't do that. <laughs> no, if anyone what? asks me, I don't have it. Got you. Got you. Okay. <laughs> just move it out of camera shot just in case this becomes a video. It'll be all right. <laughs> Uh, awesome stuff so yeah I mean Jack Chambers might be joining us as well so that'll be uh, interesting there I mean in terms of the level you said about the level of GPs has gone up but a lot of uh, the MX2 riders in the British series have, have moved to MX1 so um, yeah you finding a, a bit lonely at the, at the top there because I mean apart from Bobby Bruce and Jack Chambers you've hardly seen anybody else on track so far in the race no I mean it, it was really good in Ling when Jack was there uh, yeah. I like that because that brings the level up quite a lot like me Bobby and Jack uh, when we're racing together and we're all free doing the GPs at the moment as well I think yes. that's very good for all of us I don't know about Bobby now if he got injured or something I think he popped his shoulder out or something in, in Madrid uh, he'd have a crash I haven't seen any injury report yet but um, yeah I don't know but I, I, I hope he'll be there and I hope Jack comes there too because for me that would be good and I, I need that racing I need those guys there to, to, to race me and to get the pace up because like if we can do that every weekend between the GPs it's good for all of us yeah well, fingers crossed I don't think I've seen him on the entry list quite yet but uh, yeah I'll have a little look at that while uh, Bradley asks you the next bit yeah what was um obviously Jack another kind of late edition obviously he didn't do Oak Hanger but um was a bit of a, a wild card entry, or he was a wild card entry at Ling. Did, was it? Was he kind of different to race to the rest of, say, well, even at the GP levels? Um, does he is he riding a different way to obviously like Bobby Bruce and Comrade did last year? Is it a different style, or is it is he pretty much the same? Just because obviously he's American and this is his first time over in racing in Europe. 
No, I just think he's riding good. He's got he's got a good pace and he's, he's an aggressive rider. Uh, it puts me on the edge uh, for sure. And I feel like both both Jack and Bobby, they're really good, especially for the first ten minutes. They they have like a good intensity, and then they might drop a little bit later in the moto. But that that's good for me because I'm a little bit the opposite. So. I, I need them there to, to push me and make sure yeah. I need to go faster. And you mentioned earlier, obviously, you you busted your knee at Blacksall last year and didn't get to finish the championship. Is there any other, is there a track coming up that you were looking forward to riding last year that you didn't get a chance to or one of the new tracks that we're going to that you, you're really looking forward to? I don't know much more than Ling a little bit because everybody said Ling, Ling is pretty cool, like the material and stuff so but oh you didn't do Ling last year did you no I didn't do Ling I think last year it it clashed with a GP yeah yeah it clashed with Italian yeah yeah that's it Majora yeah yeah that's it it was Mantua yeah one of the two (laughs) yeah or Majora yeah one of the 12 Italian (laughs) rhymes yeah 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 uh, yeah, so it was Canada Heights and Blacks were the other two wins at, wasn't it? That's uh, that's how that went last year. Yeah. So, yeah, let's say the new track there. Have you seen much of Oxford? Uh, from what? Did you see the footage of the Oxford Motor Park from the Midfield Nationals last year? Did you see that? No, no. Okay, because that's, that's, the, that's the new track, I think, at the end of the year for the British series. And, uh, okay. yeah, so they, they've only run the one uh, Midfield Nationals there so far. All right, um, all right. Days on YouTube if you want to do a bit of research just to, to give you a good idea there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. You've got Park. Have, have you been to Hawkstone much? Uh, I've been there once, actually, last year. So I've done the Hawkstone International. Of course. That's true. That's also on the British now, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You like, like that track? Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, I like that track. It's all right. Like, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit sandy, which is which is a nice addition. What, what, are, the, what are the other tracks, Ben? There's, there's a, the Schoolhouse one. What's, what's the other ones? Uh, yeah, so you've got Black Sword to come in two weeks' time, uh, which obviously you had the issues at, uh, although, because you won at Black Sword, but you actually hurt yourself with that crashing, is that right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, I done my knee there, like, with two or three laps to go in the yeah. second moto. So I just just put my leg out because I was losing balance or I hit a kicker or something, put my leg out and I bent it backwards. Yeah, so that it hurt a lot, but I had a, quite a big gap, like 30, 40 seconds, so I could I could manage and like roll around and, <laughs> and win it, but like just with 10 seconds or something, a little bit less maybe. So it, was, it was quite tight, but Ugh. yeah, so then I just went back to the van and just laid down in the back of the van because it hurt a lot actually. <laughs> yeah, this, this is another reason why I was not a good motocross rider. At the end of the day, I just uh, yeah, I'm too queasy for that. I'm just not tough enough to withstand that sort of stuff. <laughs> Even thinking about that turns my stomach. But yeah, the remaining rounds you've got left, you got yeah, Fox Hill, then you got Black Sword in two weeks' time, um, and then after that you've got um, it is Hawkstone Park at the start of June. Um, then you have got Schoolhouse at the start of July, uh, and then they're not going to Landrake this year, but it's going to be at that. Um, uh, yeah, the New Oxford Circuit uh, motor park, the, the military land there. So, yes, yeah, so that's going to be the remaining yeah five rounds we've got left. So, yeah, that's that's what you got there. So, Hawkstone looks the best out of those to me. But uh, yeah, it's this new schoolhouse track. A lot of the northern guys do practice there. So, if you chat to uh, Carlton husband Jay Hagen and, and people that live up north, they, they go up there quite a lot apparently. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's how to get the info on that circuit. 
<laughs> All right. Oh, you could go up there, but it's quite a long drive, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very long way. <laughs> What's the, what, um, so the remaining GPs, are, are you scheduled to do any of the flyaway ones, or are you, is it just sort of uh, the the mainland Europe ones that, you, that you're scheduled to do? The plan is not to do the flyaways, uh, but we've been talking a little bit about it, so... We'll see. I guess it depends maybe a little bit if I if I get to pace up maybe or if I do a little bit better results, then maybe we'll go. But I'm not that stressed about it because I, I missed a couple of races anyway. And yeah, with the results from these first races, they've not been good anyway. So I don't have anything to do in the championship really. So all I want to do is just like by the end of the year, the last couple of races, I want to be in a good level again and do some good results before the season is finished and especially for Sweden Udevala mm. I mean for, for the home crowd and stuff I want to do something good there because I missed it last year since I yeah. done my knee I don't know like just two weeks before or something yeah it's ridiculous. It on nations on the card medical nations yeah normally if I'm not injured normally I would I would ride yeah I assume um <laughs> Which I which I really enjoy, and this time it'll be in France, I think. Yes. Yeah, Erne. 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 Yeah, that'll be sick. Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> it was good good in 2015 yeah. and 2005. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you go and ask? Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah I, didn't, I was uh, yeah I didn't uh, I made uh, 2015 I went but I didn't go and Oh yeah yeah did a string of them in a row. Yeah. Me and, me and my old man. <laughs> He didn't take me to Bud's Creek, to be fair, in 07, which I was a bit bummed about, but... <laughs> yeah, that would have been a major, major shame, yeah, because, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 2015, I mean, uh, yeah, you've obviously raced there at GP level, haven't you? When? When was that? Did, did you, you, you raced at Ernay in terms of a Grand Prix there, is that right? I, thought I think so. It was there last year, wasn't it? Was it Ernay last year? I'm uh, pretty sure it was. Yeah, because they changed the circuit. Um, yeah. But there might have been... After yeah, that. I had that, I had that massive, up, had that massive step up. Usually. Massive step. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I raced there. Man. It was quite rutty and soft. Oh, the one where it was so muddy last mm. year. At yeah. The qualifying race. Yeah, that's, yeah. And like hardly anyone went out. <laughs> yeah, in MX1. Yeah. Everyone in MX2 went out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, a mess. that one. <laughs> Good stuff. I mean, if you do go to these flyaway races, you're pretty guaranteed you'll get some points. So, you know, is that an incentive perhaps or not really? Well, yeah, I guess. But... <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of money in it. What do you want? You only want to be in the top ten. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the rest I don't care about so much. Like I just want to get back to the top ten. Uh, that that that's where I want to be. And uh, I don't know how many people go to the flyaways. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not it's not many, but it'll be maybe fifteen people or something. Yeah, it'll be in the teens, I think, won't it? So yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's, it's always a bit tricky. That's when you look at the uh, social media reports uh, and and sort of see the actual hatred for MXGP every single year. It just comes to come up with uh, the tiny start numbers. It doesn't even matter if it's the best track in the world; there still uh, still gets a real uh, slating online. But uh, there we go. I mean, um, yeah. you've got uh, so yeah, in, in MX2, let's say you've got a decent championship league going on there. Um, with uh, with your other gas gas rider there, I mean, is there any any of the young riders coming up that sort of caught your eye, likes of Charlie Heyman, people like that? Anybody sort of impressed you otherwise, or are you just focusing on yourself really? In MX2, yeah, or well, in, in either, in either, yeah. I mean, uh, there's one Swedish guy coming up from one to five, uh, August Frisk. 
Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, he's, he's, doing, he's doing good. And uh, actually, Laban Alm, um, two Swedish guys who's doing really good in the 1 to 5 championship. Um, I like that because there's Swedish people out there in the UMX and stuff anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, that's sad to see. So Nations is, uh, I really nations like is looking good then. <laughs> these guys are there. Well, for 20, yeah, for like 2027. 20, <laughs> yeah, that might be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so how many, I'm probably done by then anyway. <laughs> how many years have you got left in MX2? Is this your last year or have you got one more? Yeah, this is my last year. This is last year. Uh, and any plans at all for next year or has it all just been a case of too crazy for this year that you've just got to nail the 250 down and then worry about the 450 ride for next year at the end of the season yeah I'm going to worry about that a little bit later and uh, I want to get back to a good level at first like and see see what I can do here in MX2 and then see what options I have for next year I kind of have kind of have some options for, for doing the GPs and stuff but yeah We'll see where I end up. Like, would be pretty cool to kind of. I, I was looking a little bit to go into America also mm. uh, to do the outdoors and stuff. Now, especially when when my team closed down. Mm. So, if I can find an option or uh, some opportunity there, I'd probably go for it. Yeah, but it's quite hard to to get a deal or a, a contract before before you go there and show any results. So. We'll see how that goes. I guess otherwise, I'll just move up on the 450. Uh, I quite like the 450, so I uh, think that would be uh, pretty fun and a new thing, like a little bit new motivation as well. Much, um, yeah. <clears throat> much supercross experience, or would you just be just be going for the nationals? Yeah, not so much supercross experience. Like I guess. What I'd like to do is go there, do the outdoor season, hopefully like do all right because yeah, I reckon I could do all right in the outdoors. And then if you can get a decent contract with like a good team or something that got the experience and stuff for the Supercross, then I would definitely give it a go, like try to learn it and see see what I can do. Like I'll, I'll give it a shot. Uh, but I know that that's more difficult. So mm-hmm. I'd like to start with the outdoors for sure. Yeah. Well, how um, obviously you, you've raced against Tom Vial, and he's he's moved over there for like this is his first season. How do you predict he's going to do what like for the outdoors coming up? I mean, most likely he'll be a lot better at the outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. For sure. Is Jet moving up? Is she doing 450? Yeah, Jet's 450. So it's kind of Hunter, Joe Shimoda, and Justin Cooper, probably the big three. But I've, I've got Tom like winning races, like the odd overall, just because he's such a good starter. And they're, they're um, introducing the metal grid for the Nationals. All right. And he's like shit off That'd a stick out of it. That would be good for him. And yeah, he's got the experience and like the, the mentality to win, mm. obviously, because he's already got two championships. So uh, I'm pretty sure he could he could win the championship. Yeah. I, I think so. It, I mean, it's not going to be easy. I think it's a little bit, it, it's still a bit different, like the tracks and stuff. It yeah. would be some things for him to learn and maybe the heat and all that. But. Yeah, Lee has been racing the Supercross now. I think that that that's been good for him. Uh, he's been doing really well there as well. Yeah, uh, also been struggling because, which is understandable. It's, it's really hard. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, no, I think he's been. I think he's been winning the championship. Yeah. You say about um, <clears throat> obviously like learning the tracks. A lot of the American media say the sort of the same thing that he he'll be good, but he's, he's they struggled with the time to learn the tracks. But um, obviously, you came over to the British Championship last year and had like obviously a similar situation. Tracks you'd never been to, racing against people that have rode them for five or six years. Does it? Is it a big hindrance? I kind of asked you at Cullum was like the fact that you, you didn't, you couldn't stay with Comrade down to you not knowing the track, and you kind of said it wasn't. But looking back, do you think it's anything to do with it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like looking at Cullum, I was for time practice and first moto, I was very bad, <laughs> and then all of a sudden for the second moto, I was a lot better. I was fighting a bit uh, with Conrad there, but. Yeah, it is. It is quite hard to learn the track in. I don't know what do you have at the bridge, like ten minutes, and then yeah, not very long. A little bit, a little bit time qualifying. Yeah, I, I did struggle with that. All the tracks are different, though. Some tracks are easier to learn, mm. but that's something kind of need to get better at and to to remember the track and and learn it quickly. But I mean, for rider like Tom, for sure, he'll do that. Like. We had that set up for the EMX races before, a couple of years ago. I think also when Tom was riding the EMX, when I was riding the EMX, we had to learn the tracks really fast. We had like 10 minute warm up and like the same like the British Championship. Yeah. So you just need to, to practice that thing, the fact to learn the tracks quickly. Yeah, I mean, you've done a good job of that. Obviously, yeah, like I say, 10 minutes and, and flat out. I mean, yeah, Jack Chambers was struggling the same way to uh, to learn the track at Ling. He, he was saying to me on the podium that it was like, yeah, so he sort of learned it by about halfway through the first race was <laughs> was when he finally sort of could say, okay, the track definitely goes this way, especially those drop-offs through the trees at Ling. So um, we got the um, Fox around coming up. So just a, a quick uh, look on that side of it. MX2, obviously, we've had a, we've had a talk about. It. It's down to yourself, Bobby, and maybe Jack if he, uh, if he shows up there. And um, I've got I'll give a shout out to Taylor Hamill who's been on the show here and uh, has put in a good stitch so far and was on the fringe of the points in uh, in Spain so yeah fingers crossed for Taylor that he, he keeps progressing as well because he's come back well from his injury um, but in uh, in MX1 have you been able to, to watch much of the MX1 uh, racing I know there's been no footage of it so to speak of but um, how do you see this uh, MX1 title battle developing between Conrad, Josh and Harry how do you think it's going to pan out between those three from here on in yeah, that's hard to say actually. I I enjoy watching the racing. Like I think it's a really good class this year. It's great yeah. with the yeah with Harry and Conrad and uh, and Josh there and yeah Tommy as well. And now of course Jeffrey will be there. So <laughs> I don't expect anything else than that he's gonna win it. That's for sure. But I know that when Conrad has a good day, like in the UK, he's well everywhere but especially in the UK he's really fast so I, w I did expect him to to win the first round as well uh, like the first two rounds uh, but Harry's Harry's really consistent and he's so good with the starts yeah. so that that makes it difficult so it'll be it'll be very good racing I think especially on that track because the times will be pretty close like the last times will be pretty close I think on the track and then the track's quite narrow like steep hills and stuff so I think that it's hard to pass but you can you can still pass and be a bit creative so uh, <laughs> yeah it'll be good to watch and, and maybe especially like Jeffrey if 
he doesn't get a good start, mm. it's not going to be that easy for him to win either. So <laughs> it'll be very interesting to watch. Yeah, it would be the ideal solution, I think, if uh, yeah, Harry, Conrad and Josh got, out, got a good start. And then, uh, yeah, Jeffrey was about 20th. I think we're, we're in then for the, the treat of the, of the, of the year in the, in the UK, I think, with that sort of scenario. Because, yeah, I mean, um, Jeffrey is known for these little sudden... Like amazing passes that he can pull. I mean, and and charges which he's sort of made a career out of. Really, with uh, I mean, you've got a lot of guys in there that are, that are fighting hard. You know, they're all fighting for their rides at, at some point as well. But yeah, could I mean, out of Harry, Conrad, and Josh, now there's like 14 points between the three of them. Do you have a favourite for the title? Do you think that uh, your friend Conrad could do it, or do you think uh, Harry's going to hang on? Who do you think is going to ride out? I think I think Conrad can do it for sure. It's just if he would take the whole shot, he he will win. That's for sure. I, I'm pretty certain. Uh, so if he can just nail a, nail a couple of starts, he'll he'll take it. Uh, but I think especially yeah, Josh Josh was impressive as well in Link. But I know Harry so he's so consistent. Like he's always there in the start and stuff, and that he rarely crash or anything. So. It's not going to be easy to beat him, but I think if if Conrad just takes a couple of hole shots, then I think it'll be very hard to beat Conrad. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Conrad definitely got the speed to beat Harry, but yeah, like you said, he's Harry's such a such a veteran. You can't rely on him to make like a little mistake. He just goes out, hits his marks, does his laps, doesn't get phased yeah. really by anything. Um, yeah, if you, if Conrad's going to beat him, yeah, he's going to have to just get out the gate and just go like just go as fast as he can and just try and get away because like like you said harry just just keeps going like the full like the whole 25 minutes just same pace same pace yeah i agree i think comrade i think comrade's got that speed advantage it's almost like a sexton tomac thing going on (laughs) (laughs) but a little bit a little bit yeah. yeah but um yeah i mean we've seen comrade there last year Showed some incredible pace at times in that second yeah. row. So, I think um, I think the track kind of lends itself more to Comrade. But then, obviously, like you said, you've got Jeffrey coming over, which will throw a spanner in the works, I'm sure. But I don't think I, can, I don't think obviously an animal and like the, the fastest rider in the world. But um, there's only so it's only so fast you can go around the track like that. I think the ideal situation with Conrad would be to sort of get out behind Jeff, Jeffrey Hurlins and sort of try and tag onto him to for like 10 minutes and just get that gap and then just kind of manage from there. I think to try, I think to, for anyone to say they want to try and beat Hurlins is just not a realistic view <laughs> without, without like a mistake from him. No, exactly. It would have, it, it would take that he makes a very bad start or that, He's crashing or something. Yeah, but I mean, you say I don't think it's not going to be like ridiculous that he's just gonna. No, nah, he's not going to like, like a minute in four front. Seconds to laugh faster than one. <clears throat> I don't think so. Mm. I think it'll be yeah, he'll be he'll be faster, but not like ridiculously. Like no, because like you <clears throat> said, tracks tracks small and small and technical and. <laughs> all these British guys they're they're really fast at home on the island and they know the track so it's yeah. like all the national I mean, races like when, when you go to the national race everyone who's racing there they, they race the track many times and they feel at home they feel comfortable they're always fast there 
So yeah, I mean Tommy, Tommy Searle and Simpson, they've been riding there since the nineteen sixties, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Who's the crowd, please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I saw a video of Cyril battling uh, with Chiodi and Carl Ann. Yeah, <laughs> and the supporting cast as well is, is quite fascinating in uh, in MX One. I mean, if you just look down the, the the table a little bit, like I'm doing here, you've got Sean Simpson uh, still there, obviously um, in in fourth place, although a few points behind now. I, mean, I think the title is definitely between those leading three, uh, and then fifth in the standings, you've got Brad Todd, who's you know taken to the the internet uh, this week to try and sort of raise some funds and trying to get things uh, uh, sorted there because he's going to struggle to do the whole series and yet he's sat fifth in the table which is is, is quite scary um, so yeah what, what do you think of that situation uh, Isaac where you know you've got somebody who's fifth in the championship he was sixth last year so it's not like he's a flash in the pan rider um, but you know he's struggling to get the support for a whole season what, what, what do you think that sort of how do you think that sort of situation has arisen why, why, whereabouts are, why are we here with that yeah I mean I think I think there's a lot of people struggling it's the same at the GPs with a lot of team I think everything is with the sport at the moment is going downhill a little bit and I think it's got a lot to do with everything that's been happening in the world and stuff yeah. I think it will get better again and when everything in the world gets better and more secure You'll have more sponsors and more money again, and then you'll probably, at the same time, have more families and, and riders that can afford to ride, and in that way, it'll it'll be better again. So I think, yeah, for a rider like like Brad Todd, I guess he's relying a lot on like local sponsors and stuff that he's got in the UK. And I know myself that, like, with everything going on, it's it's hard to get like money out of the sponsors because yeah they're struggling too they're struggling too to get jobs and yeah pay pay all the rents and and everything they have so uh, it's definitely difficult time thing for everyone except maybe the top guys at the gps but <laughs> yeah I, I really hope it gets better eventually yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, another one in the well, coming around to that sort of thing as well. Of course, you got uh, Mr. Bobrashev back in in the ranks there. So, uh, of course, you wouldn't have seen him at British Championship level because you came in after the whole Russian thing started. So, uh, yeah, did you get a chance to watch Bobby uh, in action last week? And what did you think? Yeah, yeah, I watched him uh, for sure. I think. Like I, I got no idea how much he's been riding or what he's been well, doing. I think. <laughs> no, no, I guess so. So, I mean, it's a, it's a really good rider. So I guess he will definitely get better and better this year. That's for sure. Because I think at Ling he wasn't he wasn't that good, was he? Uh, he was fourth overall, so he did okay. Really, oh, from yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, it ended up. Um, oh no, sorry, f uh, fifth overall. He was behind uh, Adamson in the points. But yeah, so fifth overall with uh, uh, a sixth and a fourth. So not bad. Not a bad weekend. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's all right. I think because I think I'd seen him back in the pack, but uh, that was maybe in the start. So he, he probably passed a couple of riders. Uh, yeah, he did but pass. I, I think by the end of, by the end of the year, he'll be he'll probably be quite dangerous or like pretty fast. 
I don't yeah, know, it's sure. hard to say, but I mean, with the level he's been at before, uh, at a national championship, he should should be able to get up to the top. Nice one. Uh, one thing I did want to ask you, Isaac, um, before before you went, and it's getting close to the time here, but um, obviously you're from uh, from a country that's got a massive motocross history. You know, Swedish uh, champions were right at the forefront for most of the the history of the sport, and then it it kind of tailed off a little bit after the 1990s. Was was there a reason for that? I mean, I mean, a lot of the Belgian guys are saying that most of their country's being built over, so the land is is kind of disappearing i mean what would you say would be the main cause of, of like the sort of swedish like drought uh, for champions that's gone on now for um even longer than the british one <laughs> yeah yeah i know what you mean uh honestly i i have no answer for that i i don't know what happened there uh, it's about the time where i was born i reckon it, it, it's sad to see like that it went from from world champions to for a while kind of nothing mm. uh, still had some some guys doing doing all right and stuff but yeah i don't know what it's coming from and that that's why i really want to see more riders at the emx or people riding riding international to for the growth of the sport and stuff and i think we we need to do something a little bit for the growth of the sport in sweden but i think it's also the same in a lot of places in europe at the moment like it's it's the whole thing to make the sport grow and then yeah like just in sweden why we don't have better riders at the gps i i can't really tell you like still i mean yeah it's hard to say we we still have some people with good what you say like information and good experience and there's people with a lot of money who, who go out and race international or especially it was before and when I was riding we were quite a lot of people riding the DMX one to fives and two fifties and stuff but then sort of a lot of people drop drop off and like at the moment it's almost only me doing the GPs uh, except Alvin in MX1 and then yeah. we have like Le- Leopold uh, I think Philip and Arvid doing the MX2 not not all the races though but some of them but yeah it's hard to see but I can't give you an answer because I'm not at the top either <laughs> in MX2 I'm not a world champion either so if I knew the answer I would I, I would be, be there already, yeah. better I would be better but I still have some good results and, and some top threes in, in motors and stuff so there is something I've been doing right. Just yeah. no, it's just not all the way. <laughs> there is hope. You have any? Uh, how many Swedish motocross heroes of your of your own? Me, Hakan, uh, Hakan Carquist. Everybody says Hakan. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, I guess the, the beer story is like Swedish folklore. Yeah, told around yeah. campfires. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> Pretty cool. I have a sticker right here. I got a Yamaha Calquist sticker here. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was um, he was my my uncle was uh, his teammate um, in uh, oh really. In uh, 1982, yeah, when uh, uh, my uncle's Neil Hudson, so uh, when he, he won the 250 World Championship and then went up to the the 500 uh, alongside uh, Harkin on the um, on the factory Yamaha. So um, yeah, my dad actually rode his bike 
um, and, and said it was all tried to ride the bike, I think, was more, more accurate because, yeah, he just couldn't. Big 490 uh, Yamaha just tried, they're, they're just wheeling everywhere. So, yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy. But, uh, yeah, so he, he was certainly a hero of mine anyway. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, something I, I'd, I'd love to see, uh, yeah, the Swedish influence come back into it at the, the forefront, Isaac. So, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll always get a cheer from this part of the, uh, the British Isles anyway. So. <laughs> I appreciate it. Just want to ask you there, Isaac, as well. We've been asking a few people here because it's uh, getting towards the end of the show there. So, uh, oh, before we do go on that side of it, I've got to give a, a quick plug out to the live stream. Uh, the live stream is happening at Fox Hill. So that's uh, £4.95 uh, to watch it. Uh, and you go into the Dirt World TV app. No, well, yeah, Dirt World TV. Just search for Dirt World TV uh, and you will be able to pay for that £4.95 to watch it. So for anybody listening who wants to tune in, then you can see that. Uh, any of your uh, fans back home in Sweden, they can still log in or even your, your team there, uh, if they want to watch from Paris, they could uh, they could tune in as well. So uh, yeah, that's what it's going to be. I have been assured that the quality will be much better than Okanya because you can sort of see the circuit and, uh, yeah, get things moving. So I know, I know Bradley's dying to jump in right now, but uh, yeah, so, uh, that's what we've got to say there. Um, That'd be good. As long as I get a uh, free link to the live stream. As long as I get a code, yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, well, that's a question I've been asking everybody, just to also end on a high note, if you like. Uh, what would you say was your absolute best moment in motocross so far? So you've driven away from the track and you're just like... This is awesome. That was amazing. What would you say is that best moment for you? Yeah, uh, I have one moment that's very special to me. And that's when I was a fill-in rider uh, in 2020 for GasCast. And I managed to finish, I think I finished second in the moto at Lomo. Yeah. And that was, I can hardly, I can only remember it, but it was such a big thing for me, like emotionally and it was like biggest breakthrough ever for me. Like it, it, it was unreal, and I really, I really remember that moment. And then I had a similar moment also in that year in Arco when I was third, and when my family was there as well. And yeah, no, I'd say that as a feeling rider to be second there in Lomo, that was pretty cool. Nice one. That was twenty twenty, yeah. That was 2020, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, so that's Lommel. Let me bring that up. Lommel was... Which one was that? There was, there was two rounds at Lommel, wasn't there, in 2020? No, it was three rounds, because that was during three, COVID. Three so rounds So it was the, the last no. round, the second motor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I had, I had a couple of days on the track there <laughs> to finally get that good result in there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you were second to Van der Moos, like, uh on the last, on the very last, the sixth of the six motos. Yeah, I think I'd be proud of that. Was, was a tough week, that. That was a tough week. Three normally in one week. I can that see the dates. Bad. Yeah, I can see the dates: eighteenth, twenty-first, and twenty-fifth of October. Three Grand Prix at Lommel in eight days. That's mad. Van, that Van der Moos like won it. That's mad to think that he hasn't he hasn't won another race. He hadn't won another race until where was it this year? Uh, uh, Switzerland. That weird little, yeah, Switzerland. That's it. Yeah, yeah. the weird little track. <laughs> ben Watson won that overall that Grand Prix. So yeah, he went. Uh, oh, you're right. You're he right. Went first and fourth. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I've got, I've got the, the the stuff. The data's all there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just missed out on the podium. I think. Oh uh, yeah, he won eighth in race one. Yeah, he won the championship. That was like the year Renault won it. That was Vial. VR won by a country yeah. mark. Yeah, VR won by streets, like uh, eighty points. 
So yeah, all right. But uh, mainly because Yago crashed a lot, I think, in that year in particular. Um, but yeah, yeah so Yago yeah. crashed. What? Sorry. Yago crashed. Yago crash. doesn't crash. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yes, it did happen. Nice one. Yeah, that was, that was a nice moment there. I remember that. And yeah, yeah, because was it Trentino? Was that like your? That was like your second. Or, well, no, Trentino was after that, wasn't it? And uh, oh yeah, you were third at the last uh, of the year uh, behind Ben and Jed. So yeah, that was a nice, uh, nice top three for you. Yeah, as well. that was a nice finish. The last mode of the last mode of the year. Mm. To, to be further it was a good off, off season after that well um, yeah we're getting close towards the, the end of the run there any last questions for yourself Brett? Um, not so much a question I was just uh, was your first MX2GP was that was it Vulcan's um, I think I think you were still in no. the MX250 Mantova no I did Vulcan's for the MX250 and then I did Latvia MX EMX. then what's the next I started in Mantova 2020 ah okay Mantua. I, I just, I've, I've got a, a, an image of you at, at Vulcansward, and I think it must have been early on in your MX2 career, and you were like running like fifth. And uh, I thought, no, not man, no. not Vulcansward. It might have been somewhere else. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure it was a year in the MX250, and I think you just did a couple, couple of um, MX2 races, maybe. Might have been somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. It was only only 2020 when I started doing the GPs, when I done my first GPs. And I got that oh, right. feeling right. So I done a couple of mixed races and then I got the feeling right there. Or maybe it was Lommel then. Maybe was, I'm thinking of Lommel. I mean, it meant yeah. it was quite similar to Valkensvald as well, you know. I might just continue. And they're all sand, yeah. <laughs> Especially the weather. They're all sand. <laughs> you know what, just forget that. I edit that bit out, Ben. I will. I will still, I will. Yeah, forget that. No, I don't have any more questions. <laughs> I'll take that whole chunk out. Yeah, okay. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> any uh, anything like, anything else you want to say to Isaac? Any thanks you want to give out to people? No, I just like to to give it up to Debix and Fortress Six Motorsports, Bike Sure, ESWP. I think I got them all, and <laughs> and Sorty and Anthony Scary and all, all all these guys who made it happen for me to, to ride the British uh, I really appreciate it and VHR as well uh, that I can do the GPs and that these both parties let me do like different things that I can do the GPs for one team and I can do the British for another that's a that's a pretty cool thing to do so mm. yeah happy for that absolutely great stuff okay as it was been fantastic having you on board so yeah we'll just uh, give a quick thank out to our sponsors before you go there but yeah so thanks to golf race fuels uh, for helping us out there as3 performance who stock a huge selection of aftermarket motocross parts available for the 1980s evo two-stroke models to the current four-stroke bikes obviously kawasaki motors uk who do uh, supply that klx 140r machine go and check that out uh, if you're a youth rider for any sort of size uh, of rider uh, and of course yeah don't forget to go to evenstrokes.com and we all point at brad and say that is the code you want brad with a 10 yeah i mean uh, we do isaac we do fly and then you wear a fly kit so if you're ever at marshfield and you've got a little tear in your shirt and you need a new shirt use that code and uh, we'll not 10 percent off for you 
Great stuff. Okay, well, uh, thanks again, Isaac, and thanks to everybody for tuning in. And uh, we look forward to seeing you all at Fox Hill. And uh, yeah, if you're uh, tuning into the live stream, then you'll hear my voice on that one. Uh, I'll be joined intermittently through the day by Lee Ashby as well. So yeah, looking forward to getting down to Fox Hill and uh, doing the commentary on the live stream. And I might even be able to get a podium uh, if Roger Warren lets me uh, get on there. But I think Roger's going to hog the MXGP at the MX1 class at least. So uh, yeah, that will sort that one out. All right then, guys, thanks very much for listening. And uh, thank you, Isaac. Thank you, Brad. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Bye, mate. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.